0: Radio Western.
1: Good morning, Radio Western. This is Outlook, and I'm Carrie. You're with Brian, my brother.
0: Yes, I'm here. You're with You're with me, too. <laughs> the listeners are, and...
1: Uh, We're in the studio.
0: Yes, we are back in the studio again. Final live show of the year, though we do have a two-part special, I guess you can call it, coming up next week will be part one, and then part two will be first Monday of 2022 so we might uh, mention that again uh, later on on today's show but uh, yeah it's the 20th of December so rounding down the year here and uh, we shall see Carrie how things are in the new year hopefully we can come back to the studio again because we've been back since October 4th was our first show back in the studio since this whole
1: right right after Halloween I remember.
0: Right after Halloween It was the beginning of October oh. October the 4th
1: Alright I was thinking about it. Describing the kids costumes
0: <laughs> We did that on here too But uh, we were back yeah. Wow On the 4th of October um, And that was right after I'd, I'd been back with my music show On the 1st of October So that was easy for me to remember Being the uh, first day of the month
1: And here in the background today In studio There's some sort of construction going on Which adds to some What do you call it, Industrial <laughs> sound
0: yeah um, maybe if I was really crafty here with my audio engineering skills, I could be gating some of these uh some of our tracks or something to cut a bit of that out, but it just makes for some ambiance in the background. It won't maybe be super loud over the air, but I'm sure you can hear it because <laughs> we both have mics on here, and we can hear it in the background so yeah yeah the the fun the fun of live radio, or sometimes when we do the show over Zoom, when you were on Zoom and I was at home in my apartment recording, you'd hear dogs out in the hall, hall my hallway. or So a couple of things can happen there too. But uh, I think we were lucky that we didn't have any major construction going on during our shows from home.
1: No, not really, other than distant lawnmowers in the summer or something.
0: Yeah, I guess that did happen. So, care, this is our sort of uh, annual wrap-up show that we like to do at the end of the year. We do one show just... Very casual, going over the year and in in Outlook and the different guests we had, some of the highlights from the year, and then just sort of reflecting on things and just kind of keeping it low key and casual for our final official live episode of the year. And we did last year's on the, well, we recorded from home, so it was a bit in advance, but it aired on the 28th of December in 2020, or 2020. <laughs> and uh, we listened back to that one and It was all right. It was just kind of interesting hearing that from a year ago. And I don't know, Carrie, did you even remember that much of that episode or recording that one?
1: No, I've basically stuck in this last 12 months or so. My brain didn't go back further than that.
0: Yeah, so we we listened back just just in case it sprung any uh, memories or anything specific we wanted to bring up on today's show. But I wanted to mention that today's episode that we're uh, airing right now is episode 140 of the show. And so, uh, next week's pre-record, which is a special, so it's not, it's actually a new show next week, but it's just, uh, it won't be live. That'll be episode 141. Um, and, so that will total 45 new outlooks in 2021, which is quite a bit. Last year, we only had 41 new episodes. So we've, we've stepped it up, Carrie, in, in 2021.
1: Yeah. No, I was just thinking about all the guests we've had and, uh. How you like to be precise with your numbers?
0: I know I'm very, very big on stats and numbers and math and um. Just want to comment here. You sound you sound pretty tired today. I think maybe all of us are feeling a bit of.
1: Yeah, that's just the time of year. But
0: end of the year, a little bit. You sound a little bit. Uh, I
1: guess we passed the winter solstice, which is always an interesting time.
0: Yeah, you were talking about that on last year's wrap up show. That uh, it's. One of your favorite times of the year, the winter winter solstice.
1: Yeah, but I had a, a strange weekend. I I did something that uh, I can't believe I did. I think recently I remember talking with you about this sort of thing about you know those Hallmark movies.
0: Yeah, the, the- all the movies around Christmas time. That we actually got an email from our friend uh, Barry in Ireland with links to I think at least
1: that that was it. Yeah,
0: seven different Hallmark movies. in descriptive and uh, we read through some of the plots, and I don't know. I have, I don't know if I've ever actually watched one. I'm not. If you've listened to the show, you'll know that I enjoy TV, but I don't really keep up on it that much, as much as I would like to in some in some ways. Um, but I know you carry definitely more of a TV watcher.
1: Yeah, you just don't have TV on. You don't have it.
0: Yeah, I don't actually have cable or anything like you do, and I know there's, like, Netflix and all that, and I've finally gotten access again to our Netflix account that we share as a family here, but um, I don't know, I just don't...
2: It's just- well,
1: it could have very well been on Netflix. It's the kind of movie that probably could have been on Netflix, but no, this was just on TV. Um, it was just... It was, it was kind of... You know, we talked about, like, the the person comes home for for the holiday to their small town home from the Big City Life or something, and then they... They've run into somebody, someone, and they hate that person for a while, but actually they really like them, and <laughs> there's a big...
0: <laughs> yeah, all the plots seem kinda kind it's of similar. It's this going uh, back to your hometown and <laughs> meeting a romantic partner.
1: <laughs> so, um, I just ended up watching one last night. I don't even know what it was called. Um, it was about some female pilot uh, whose family business was this airline that her mother had started, when she was alive, or whatever. And so now she, I guess they've sold it, and... This guy, this new guy comes in to manage it or whatever, and he's all like rigid with numbers, and then she like finds, you know, what he's like inside. It's so funny, so predictable, kind of. do I was just, mm-hmm. I was watching it. It's like, wow, I'm like lapping this up.
0: Wait, th- did you enjoy it then at all, or?
1: <laughs> I just said I was lapping it up.
0: L- laughing it up, okay. Well, no, lapping. I don't, I don't know what that means.
1: Lapping it up means I was, yeah, I was loving it.
0: Oh, so you were loving it.
1: I guess so. So we were
0: kind of mocking these movies last week when you were staying with me when we right. were reading all these descriptions, but I think again it's one of those things that people probably like people like them I guess because they are just kind of silly and they're not they're nothing like too heavy to watch probably. No. They're not these like really in-depth storylines that are super complex or something. So I think that might be part of it. It's just at this time of year just something really you can just throw on and and uh oh the sound stopped.
1: <laughs> For the moment. <laughs> yeah and they were like trying to f- find some way so they could still have their fundraiser like where they take a bunch of kids on it on the, on a flight around around the area or something on her airplane and so there's like a big charity angle in there and
0: did it have descriptive audio then or yeah, no okay that's,
1: yeah yeah I wouldn't have maybe probably watched it, if right. it did not
0: because that was just a big have thing that
1: setting on my t v now so a lot oh, of, right a lot of these movies have that when they
0: because that was a big thing you were talking about on last year's wrap-up was audio description, and obviously that's still a topic that's something you still focus on a lot and and have done a lot in 2021 relating to audio description, right?
1: Yeah. um, I tried to go where those who are doing it already are going to be and sort of learn from people, so I did some of that this year. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just supposed to fit in with the movie. And so you get kind of picky when you start noticing differences that are going to come up depending on which studio or which company is doing it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's uh, a good chance we're going to have somebody on next year who is an audio describer, I believe.
1: Yeah, we're already making our list. Um, There's something called, for audio description for children's books now, it's called... um, uh, Imagination video books, I think it's called. So we're going to have someone from that in the new year. They're making children's books um, with image descriptions, which becomes sort of a tie-in to, like, audio books and, you know, those books you used to get from the library that had stories on them or whatever. It's all kind of connected.
0: Speaking of uh, of children's books, I don't think we mentioned it on this show, Carrie, about the book that you were recently involved in.
1: Well, yeah, we we're going to talk about 2021, I would have talked about sensitivity reading, and I keep talking about, like, maybe having a whole episode on that, because a lot of people don't know what it is, but it's becoming more common. I'm seeing it in, like, different circles where different publishers are talking, talking about, like, inclusion and everything that's become more of a thing this year.
0: Yeah, so you've been really big this year with getting some sensitivity reading jobs and the most recent one Carrie I thought maybe you'd want to share cuz it just it was a really neat uh, project that you were involved in and I got to see the the print braille version of the book when I was vis- visiting you last time in Woodstock and and uh, just to have your name in that in that project I thought was it was great so do you want to talk about that
1: yeah it's hard to remember if I even did here i guess not huh um, yeah the book was called my city speaks
0: still is called My City Speaks
1: yeah and it's out by Kids Can Press in Toronto which we were watching TV and Alan Cross was on being interviewed about his book and I guess it's out with the same publisher
0: so a pretty big you know, n- notable publisher I guess here in uh,
1: yeah local like, in Ontario sort of and nearby and Brian's big here <laughs> Brian is Brian still listening to a lot of Alan Cross
0: yeah back in the day growing up on on the, on the radio one of my early inspirations for sure back, back in those days um, so yeah, the, the new book, Carrie, you, uh, as you said, you don't quite remember what you did specifically for this one, but again, the job in general is, is reading over a, a, a book that somebody, that somebody writes that asked for a consultant and you, you simply point out if there's any stereotypes or things that are, that are said in the book that just aren't really sensitive towards disabilities or just aren't really the best ways of, of, uh, illustrating certain things in these times that we live in now and, and, uh. So, yeah, I know you did that that one quite a while ago, but it was great that it actually did uh, come out at the end of the year here, this book. And people can find it, I would imagine, if they search it online, My City Speaks.
1: Yeah, the bookstores.
0: And, uh, yeah, so they... Uh,
1: yeah, that project started a year before, so it took a whole year from, like, getting the project to, to knowing it was going to be coming. I knew the publishing date was coming up in September. Um, so then I... September passed, and somehow they had my wrong address because they were supposed to send me free copies of the book. Uh, so, yeah, when I got the just the book itself, it was it was be cool to be able to show other people that. And then, shortly after that, I got the uh, the one with the Braille. Um, so, it's just Braille stickers throughout the book, uh, which are just the words of the book and also the image a bit of image description for the photos as well
0: yeah i was really surprised to see in that in that print braille version that you showed me last time that there were image descriptions and that's something i wondered and that was actually something that came up when we were discussing what you what you did for that project to to read it over and give some sort of opinions or tips on anything that could could sort of be changed to make make the book more inclusive that um when they when they sent you that the book to read it this is a kids book so it is primarily a picture book there's there's obviously some words in it but it is a lot of the story is based on photos so my thought originally was like part of this should have been that they given you descriptions of the photos when they gave you the book in the first place you know that way you could have read the story but also read what was in the images to see if there was anything in the the image that that (laughs) didn't quite fit so
1: that is one way I could have done it
0: well I'm just kind of interested that they didn't include the descriptions
1: it's good You're sort of giving me something to think about, so yeah, right. I, I think it's new for everybody. So everybody's still not sure exactly how how to go about doing it. It can be different depending on who you're working with. So, but yeah, it's neat. My names in the front in braille, so that's nice to see. We're just talking about more products being more inclusive is what we. I'm um, what I like to look for, sort of collect knowledge about where that's happening.
0: Yeah, so I made a few other notes from the from the 2020 wrap-up that uh, you talked about TVO on there, which I imagine is still a channel that you watch a lot and uh, still is of relevance a year later. Yeah. Um, we talked about reaching out to politicians, and I I forget what it was. You were on some sort of a Zoom call or something. Yeah, it was a
1: March of Dimes conference.
0: Okay, because you, you spoke up. Yeah. Um, and you wanted to know to kind of how to tell the difference between the politicians who want to actually make a difference compared to the ones who, and I think you said you'd worded it at the time, are more so looking for a power trip. And, and you said you got a little snarky with your response there, the the politician. I don't remember any of this. I know. It's just funny to think that all this stuff, so much happens. And then you just, I don't know. It seems like all of it's like, wow, this even happened. It's hard to, hard to imagine. And then just a couple other things that we were talking about Zoom then, because it was still so new to us at the end of 2020, and even now still new, but a lot more used since then. And talking about our virtual Canadian Federation of the Blind convention, which back back a year ago, right now, you know, was in its very very early stages. It took a half
1: a year to plan.
0: Well, the planning I still don't think really really kicked in until more like February or March, <laughs> so I think it only really was a month and a half of planning. Um, but it was one of those things it's like all those anything that takes so long kind of to get organized and get going but it's one of the events from this year that I am looking back on and was very proud of that we put a lot of time into organizing it and booking guests and um, we did a, one of our highlights from this past year was a two-part outlook series on the convention which we had to condense all of the presentations from the two full days down to a two-part, um, episode, so it was a lot to include all these clips, but I think it went really well, and and we spent a lot of hours in my apartment searching through the Zoom audio from the from the event and pairing it down and selecting s- little clips from all the different presentations, and it was quite the quite the project.
1: Yes, everything's being recorded again now. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, just feels like. Two days ago, or was it three days ago? I was here on your other show on this whole other thing you do, which is all about music. So, it feels weird coming back on this Monday too. I guess advocacy and a talk show.
0: Yeah, no, that's another thing we can we can mention that you were on uh, the, sh- the music show I host here, which been hosting since July of 2017. Chin music on Fridays at noon, and uh, yeah, last Friday. So at the beginning of this year, another thing I'm happy about is that I started this new segment called guest request sets and actually sprung from uh, an old uh, friend of mine who I knew on and off since grade grade three, I guess. He uh, he reached out to me and my band's EP. That was another thing I talked about on last year's wrap up. That my band Riker had just released our debut EP. It just
1: exactly a year ago.
0: Yeah, eighteenth. Yeah, so it was just turned a year old a couple of days ago. That uh, I was talking about that, and um, oh shoot, I just uh, I just lost my train of thought here.
1: Yeah, well, I um, I had two sets.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I had two on. sets. One was sort of about animals, and, uh, and the other one was more about something from, well, I think I worded it like from from fragile to agile. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Something about the lyrics in the second set, but uh, I just just maybe think of something that happened. You know the podcasts I say I listen to every Monday or Sunday night or whatever, the ones I look forward to every week?
0: Yeah, I think you've maybe mentioned it on the show once. Mm-hmm. So you might want to remind our listeners yeah, quickly who so they are. But
1: one is called "I Am All In." It's a podcast with one of the actors from Gilmore Girls, which again is making a bit of a resurgence on Netflix these last few years with bingeing, binge watching things. But I don't know. Anyway, I you know how I, when I was on your show Friday, I made two references. I made a lot of references about this from The Simpsons and from Gilmore Girls. Yep. So I listened to the podcast a couple days later and they usually do this thing where they go through all the cultural mentions of different literary and cultural references throughout the show and they got to the one about Bjork because they're at the episode where there's Bjork song on there so it made me think of when I she was one of my songs in my set on Friday on Shin Music but um, the way they just they had to talk about it and they were like you know, remember that woman who wore that swan dress to the Oscars? It's like, that's all they remember. That's all they know her for. Like, the, the point she was on that show was about her music. Like, on the show, the characters liked her music. And it was like, when these guys are talking about it on the podcast, they're like, again, they just talk about the swan dress, the swan dress. This reminds me of what a visual
0: world. Right, yeah, it is interesting. It's one of those things, again, right, that unless, unless you're a fan of hers or you've really kind of taken the time to listen to her music or get into it, she's not, she, she's very, p- quite popular, but not like, you know, pop star in the same sense. So the image that people have of her is just this one image, which must have looked pretty, pretty out there to have this interesting dress. <laughs> I but
1: suppose so. It's hard
0: to imagine when you can't see, but at the same point, it is kind of unfortunate and sad sometimes that like such a thing sticks in someone's mind and they just, that's all they think about. And I think that's the case with a lot of things where if you don't know something that well and you just see one image that sticks in your mind and then that's all you think about when you think of that person even though that person's been you know making music for 45 years and is you know yeah, has orchestras and all these things produced in her music and is much more than just one dress that was worn one day but
1: yeah so I wonder like people who are just in college right now born after this stuff like even if they know when you just say it's the woman in the swan dress if that image has become that, that might
0: even be even a bit older now. If you're, yeah. you know, just 19 or 20, you might not really <laughs> well, remember that I mean. either. It's, that's
1: what I I wondered. Um, I don't. It's not like I see, see it in the media every day, but right. It just, of course, it came back to that. But no,
0: I remember that too. I think back in <laughs> high school when we uh, we went to see her, her one of her concerts with our older brother as well. That I think I mentioned it to one of my one of my uh, vision or I, mean, I hate calling them vision teachers. They're not teaching me how to see. One of my Blindness teachers or teacher of blind students—I don't know what to call. Them. As we talk about, there's so many ways of wording all these things. But uh-huh. I mentioned it to her that I was going to see Bjork, and that was the first thing she mentioned too. She's like, "Oh, the there's the one with the swan dress or whatever." So <laughs> I just remember it's it's always that that thing that comes up. Um, but yeah, no, I was I was kind of where I, when I lost my train of thought there. I was just talking about how the guest request started that my friend reached out and uh, he said he just bought the Riker. EP and he kind of asked if I'd be ever playing anything on my show and I kind of said like I don't know. I'm,
1: yeah, You're going to play yourself every week, of
0: course. <laughs> and again, maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe i a little too modest about that stuff. Maybe I should play it a little bit more. I should have. Um, maybe a little. To get it out there, but I'm also so obsessed with discovering other music that I didn't want it to fill up space. But anyway, it yeah. sort of sprung from that idea and I was like, well, I think I just somehow thought of this idea. Your I don't
1: musical know. Comp- maybe he made musical a joke about it.
0: Maybe, maybe he made a joke about it, but I so I was like, oh, maybe you could come on the show, and then that way you could play it. Then <laughs> I wouldn't be playing it. Um, so it kind of came out of that. And then I started doing that feature guest request sets, and I did seven total throughout this year. And you were the last. And it's where I ask a friend, a listener of the show. In the future, I want to reach out to some people that I don't know personally, but that I've connected with just virtually or a couple times online. And I, people I respect in the industry or other radio DJs. Like there's so many possibilities for it. But Carrie, I thought this was an interesting one for the final. Sh- official show of the year before my Christmas show coming up this week to have you in where you program a couple of sets of your choosing and and uh, we talk about the music in, in between the sets and you can also reflect on my sets of it if there's anything that sticks out and and uh, yeah, so it was interesting having you on for the music show instead of Outlook and how did you how did you think find that overall that experience on Friday? I know when you got home you kind of said it went too fast and...
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it rushed past. It was fun. It was just something different. We still talked like we do here but... It was just all focused around the music. I I could see what you saw in it. What you I could see what you see in it. I guess I could say.
0: Right, like even before, like you listen to a lot of my shows from home, but you almost still get a different feel when you actually do a show, right? Where it's like yeah. you can kind of see the almost like that uh, this adrenaline or something. I forget how you worded it. That feeling of just you know maybe some in the past too, and I've played the odd uh, the odd song for you on one of, on my shows, but it's different having one request or one song compared to programming a whole set of seven songs, right?
1: Yeah. No, it was a whole different experience but it was fun. Um, Speaking about music, that's why I'm just thinking about how the year sort of started when we had a guest who played music on the show and that was, of course, not in the studio and how we're ending it with... We're going to end it with a couple songs on this uh, episode today, I think.
0: Yeah, so we're going to go out, out to break... Here with the song in, the, in a couple of minutes. And then at the end, we have another song um, by actually one of our guests that we had on just about a month ago now. So we will uh, get to those in a minute. Um, but yeah, you mentioned, Carrie, the, the pianist that we had back in January. And that was for our 100th episode, actually. We celebrated episode 100 of Outlook.
1: Yes, short, shortly after the new year.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know me, the completest with numbers and stuff. So it was January 25th that we had our 100th episode with, his name is Sky Mundell, and that's someone we met through the Canadian Federation of the Blind, lives out in British Columbia. And uh, yeah, that was just a really, really nice episode. It was our first time having live music on the show. And it was over Zoom, but it-
1: We weren't sure how it was going to sound.
0: Still, I think, went really well and was a nice- Yeah. Nice way to kind of celebrate our 100th show. Um, but that's the, so to go on to say that a few weeks after our our, our technically our hundredth episode, a few weeks after that, we did have a special show called the 100 Episode Spectacular, and that that aired back on March the 15th. And that, Carrie, was,
1: I guess we had too much time to k- kill on our hands back at that point in the pandemic. I don't know. <laughs> Looking back, it's, it seems weird. There was a lot of work doing that. So, but uh, yeah, that was fun collecting all those clips.
0: Yeah, so for that one, we went through episodes one through up, to, up until 99 and picked a short clip from each show. And that took a long time because I had to export each show into Pro Tools, find the clip we wanted, and then bounce that out as its own file. And then I had to bring all those files into a new session, all 99 clips. And we organized them into montages for each segment to kind of divide them up. And then uh, it was just, it was worth it, though. I think, I think it was a really neat episode, but definitely... Uh, Took on a lot with that one,
1: and yeah, it got us over 100.
0: Indeed. So that one you can you can find all, all of our episodes. I'll mention again. This happened in 2020 that we finally got on podcast services, but all of 2021 we've been up as a podcast. So just search for Outlook on Radio Western, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and on SoundCloud. Outlook on Radio Western, and yeah, if you just search up any of these ones that we mentioned today. they'll 100th episode spectacular, if you look up episode 100 with The Sky's the Limit with Sky Mundell, you can find any of these on our feed, so always a good time to kind of look back. and.
1: Yeah, again, I'm really happy about all the podcasts out there. I mean, there are a lot, I will admit, but it's just great that it's sort of having such a renaissance.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, and now it's great now that we're actually on podcast services. We're not just on SoundCloud, and we, you know. Because that's a specific address people have to go to, whereas podcasts they can just subscribe, and we add to their feed with all of their other subscriptions that they. So, Kara, I would say those two for me are. Well, I, I get, no. I would say the the hundredth spectacular, and then this the convention two part special that I mentioned were the pretty at least the biggest productions of the year. Maybe followed in third place by the Helen Keller one, which if you caught last week. It was a lot of fun to put together, but it took a lot of preparation to get it to how, exactly how we wanted it.
1: Yeah. Becoming Helen Keller. Just getting past, like people, most people, you yeah, ask say, yeah, I only really know about her till she was like eight. Until she was standing at a water pump. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was more to her. She didn't stop living after that. She lived for years and years and years. But now, next year, again, we're starting to making the list of episodes for next year. I, I definitely want to do one on her teacher because you don't really hear much about her, but she was blind, too.
0: Absolutely, we have a lot of ideas coming up for next year to look yeah. forward to.
1: Things are so, <laughs> look forward to. Things are so uncertain right now. Of course, we all know. Sometimes I feel like, wait, are we back in March 2020? So we're all just trying to figure out what's going on and with the holidays right now. So who knows what 2022 will bring?
0: But as we've noticed in the first the first uh, lockdown, obviously, if anything did happen, we'll still try our best to bring this podcast to you because there are ways to do this from home, and it's. It's nice to be back in the studio, but you know, if we have to go back home again at be some point flexible. in the future, we'll be flexible because that's that's what's important in these times. So, Kara, we're about to go to the first break. Did you want to kind of start by talking about the song that we're going to play first?
1: Uh, you and I wrote and performed it together. We could just say that.
0: Yeah. So this this we actually talked about a little bit on last year's wrap up because when we were recording the wrap up last year, it hadn't aired yet. And it's a a contribution I sent in specifically for my uh, favorite DJ's uh, 25 hour radio show where he does it from 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve until 6 p.m. on Christmas Day. 25 hours of obscure, sort of underground Christmas music and And lots of stuff. How he stays
1: up that long? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I think I know he has a whole regiment. Like he doesn't drink coffee for a certain amount of days before and he doesn't eat sugar. And I don't know. He has a whole because wow. yeah i don't know how you would
1: is it like doctor supervision supervised routine here leading up to this every year it's something I do. yeah
0: something something like that but carrie you were here for you know two and a half hours doing a show <laughs> um i mean yeah. he is doing it from home now with the pandemic but even still to be
1: still it's yeah, a lot of time to be focused
0: yeah i would think so too so anyway each year he does submission takes submissions for his show and i was really hoping to do another one this year but i just didn't couldn't get it together um, but last year Carrie this is one that was actually in the works for a couple of years and uh,
1: yeah we haven't been doing one every year for a couple of years now but that's because these ones take a while to work out but we had a real collaboration on this song lighting up a dark season so again I seem to always pick lighting
0: uh, yeah all those titles. references to yeah. Outlook where sometimes we think those, those things get a little overdone and, and can be a little I don't know is cheesy the word, or hmm. I don't know the best sure. word for it? But other times they are—they can be kind of clever, and they can work sometimes for for titles. So um, I don't know. I like this title, and yep. And uh, Carrie wrote these lyrics, but she didn't sing them. That no. was a mistake. <laughs> a lot of times in the beginning, you know, you say Carrie wrote the lyrics, people assume right away, oh, maybe she sings them too. But
1: that's why it was a real collaboration.
0: It was, yeah. Um, so we had somebody who I. Met through Music Industry Arts. She was at least a year after me, I think, in the program. But um, that's Imogen Wass on the vocals. And a drummer from another project I'm in, Trusty Fox, Alex Rolston. I sent this to him and he contributed some percussion. And, uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: it turned out beautifully.
0: I guess the rest is me. I play guitars and... Basically. I was hoping Carrie would maybe say more, so I don't have to... I'm really awkward talking about myself, but...
1: <laughs> well, I wrote the lyrics, so I'm awkward too, so just play the song.
0: All right. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Outlook. Here is Lighting Up a Dark Season by the name that we chose, Ski Patrol.
1: Winter theme. I like
0: it. Yeah. Um, and that's actually a, an original name for our podcast that originated before Outlook called Ketchup on Pancakes, which also in 2021... We celebrated a five-year anniversary of Ketchup on Pancakes. And back in early August, one of the weeks here, instead of airing Outlook on Radio Western, we aired an ep- our 20th episode that we did for Ketchup on Pancakes.
1: Yeah, um, there were so many different stages of projects to get to this point, apparently.
0: Yeah, to get to where we are today with Outlook. But All right, we won't keep you waiting anymore. Let's listen to Lighting Up a Dark Season by Ski Patrol. And uh, after that, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with more Outlook. Welcome back. You're listening to Outlook on Radio Western here. My name's Brian.
1: And I'm Carrie, and we're wrapping up for the year.
0: Yes, we are two blind siblings, which we still need to add that into our theme song, Carrie. We don't say that part in the theme, and I just think...
1: You also also have a commercial already for here at Radio Western I think that we never sent in
0: yeah we do have an Outlook promo that uh, is practically done to air just during the uh, ads on, on the station here
1: it has a brailler in it
0: <laughs> oh, a little surprise there for
1: tried to threw, threw some sound effects in
0: everyone who hasn't heard it yet um, so yeah we will try and get that out soon into the new year here and I, I also want to do one for my for my music show as well
1: speaking of music we just had that song before the break it's, this isn't normally a show with music that was why I was on your music show on Friday but um, it's nice just, to have
0: a little exception at the end here. Yeah,
1: just for the season, I guess.
0: Yeah. So uh, again, thanks, Carrie, for writing the lyrics on that song. Um, it's about a situation that happened to me at the end of 2015, which is six years ago now. Uh, an accident where I hit my head and had some had some inner brain bleed and some damage. But luckily, uh, I'm okay and I did recover. You know, it was a lucky situation. But you did write some very touching lyrics about that whole experience from 2015 and we were able, we were able to release it five years after it uh, was uh, the accident happened so
1: yeah lots of anniversaries last year or this past year I guess So, um yeah like Brian we said five years for the podcast we did before this one Up on Pancakes and then our 100th episode here with Outlook um so anniversaries
0: yeah I know right and uh yeah, it's, a, it's a, lot of, a lot of time, a lot of hours and time spent in, in all of these, these shows, both the music show and Outlook.
1: Um, sort of around the beginning of the year, well, I guess a couple months in, by springtime, we wanted to do our first big theme thing for 2021. So I guess there's like Siblings Day in April every year now. So uh, I thought, let's do a whole month of sibling pairs that we interview on Outlook. So I sort of went scouring for those.
0: Yeah, that was a great idea. I think that was a really neat fu- feature, and I think we should potentially try and do it again this year if you're up for it. I don't know. I mean,
1: kind <sighs> of make a list.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's definitely other blind siblings out there in the world. I know it's not you know a lot of not the most common thing. Carrie and I always comment how we're we're lucky to have each other because you know oftentimes we talk on the show about being isolated when you're blind, or if you, and and the 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 benefits of integrating into the rig into the elementary. Oh, what's I don't know how to word it. Into the public school system system um, compared to going to a institutionalized school for the blind that it has the benefits of integrating in with society and being around sighted people, but at the same point, sometimes you don't connect with as many blind people in, in that sense. And you can, as we talked about on last week's Alan Keller show, the blind leading the blind, by knowing other blind people, you can learn a lot based on techniques and tips and the ways that each of us do things that you know, maybe certain certain shortcuts and things that we don't think about.
1: So that was a whole month of April, but actually that was preceded by us having our older s- siblings on Outlook. A couple.
0: Yeah, that was another fun one back in in, uh, in February. So for Family Day,
3: right? We yeah, did an episode
0: day. with uh, our siblings. So yeah, our two older siblings we've mentioned on the show before. Care are both sighted. We're you, so you're you're three years older than me, you were born in 84, and uh, then our older siblings were 82 and 80, and both of them did not have Senior Loken Syndrome, the condition that we have that includes our our, our blindness and our kidney disease and scoliosis and these things. Um, so that was a really neat episode, that one too, Carrie, you remember we recorded that one really late at night, because when, you know, our, our siblings have kids now, so you kind of have to account for that and... So, it ended up being a later recording than we normally do, and and we also just hadn't seen each other so long because of the pandemic. That yeah,
1: it was like a little mini reunion. Yeah,
0: after we were done recording the episode, we just hung out on Zoom. I think until like a couple more hours, until like two a.m. or something that night, yeah. which was uh. Was, I guess
1: probably other people have done this throughout the pandemic at some point. Yeah, everybody having parties over Zoom because that's all they could do. Right. Tragic stuff. So, yeah. Um. So that was fun. Um. Yes, yeah, so of course. This has been the year of vaccines. Also talking about medical medical stuff, Brian. When you brought up kidney disease and things,
0: right? And that's something again that I heard on the the wrap up from last year where mm. you'd they just you kind of mentioned that they just were kind of out, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was in I think in November there where they were starting to talk about them, but then they were yeah. people were actually starting to maybe get them.
1: It was more like mid December,
0: right around that point, and we were still talking then about the kidney function we didn't know how well that would work with vaccines like we didn't know when or if we'd be able to get these vaccines based on the meds we're on and all that but luckily that did they did find that we were they're still not really sure of how effective they are compared to everyone else just based on our situations but we also carry in this year entered a study which we've mentioned on the show too uh, to get some more st- statistics with uh, for people with who are immunosuppressed and figuring out how effective the vaccines are for uh, for us and others who,
1: yeah, it was just basically a few blood draws and they had like a fancy c- container with the blood and had to call someone specially to come pick it up to get it to Toronto. Or as a whole production,
0: yeah, it was quite the, <laughs> kind of interesting. The thing. Uh, one other thing I did want to mention quickly about lighting up a dark season. The song we heard him before the break is we can post a link in the uh, podcast notes for this episode, but it is also on our Sound- a SoundCloud page, not the. Not the um, Outlook page, but SoundCloud.com slash Ski Patrol Music, I believe it is. I think so. Yeah. You can go there and uh, and find the song there as well um, with the lyrics that Carrie wrote. The lyrics are up there also. And if you want, Carrie, we can link those in the uh, in the podcast notes for this episode, as well as the, mm-hmm. as the song we'll be hearing at the end of the show. We'll put a link to that as well. It's um, so one other thing I, just, I wanted to mention from the wrap-up last year is you talked about a Christmas card that... Um, our brother Paul sent to you in Braille. Oh, yeah. And I think this ties into something else I want to quickly bring up that I recently got from Paul. But I also wanted to say that Christmas card last year was... Well, for one, I never got to see it. Unfortunately, somehow my my card got lost in the mail. I lost in the mail. But this stuff happens. Um, I don't know if you've received one from them this sure year yet, have you? No. No, okay. I haven't checked my mail yet. So I don't know. But I think it's just really neat that you brought up that, you know, our brother took the time to Braille that. And it is a nice thing that that he did with his, uh, with his children. They've learned a little bit of braille, um, just, just for fun and to kind of know how you and I read and write.
1: It's like a project.
0: Indeed. But that ties in Carrie with an, a recent gift that you got, which maybe you mentioned on the show, but I think you should quick mention it again and kind of talk about how the lady, this lady actually ended up getting the braille for you. Cause I thought this was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I don't think I did talk about it. So my yoga teacher from, from the, before the pandemic, uh, I haven't been doing yoga with her since, I don't know, yoga on Zoom to me is kind of, I just haven't gotten back into it, but um, she just sort of reached out a couple weeks ago saying that she wanted to deliver a Christmas card. Is there an accessible way of doing that? So that was a nice question that she thought of, thought of me like that. So I was like, sort of made a joke in in jest about, yeah, well, I guess you could, you know, do it in Braille. I was like, no I, I was like there, there are probably e-cards but I don't know a lot about that and how accessible that is I said it's nice to get a card just like anyone so just you can make a card it's fine but I was like if there's things you can do that are like cards with sparkly things or you know tactile stuff so I gave her a few hints and then all of a sudden she said she was dropping something off when I wasn't there and I came back to a whole, like, whole giant manila, vanila, uh, manila envelope I guess they call those and I was like this is not just a Christmas card um, but yeah, I opened it inside. it was a nice sort of tactile card. And it was brailled. And uh, I just wasn't expecting any of that. So I was like, wow, this is beautifully done. So I reached out and asked her what, what was the deal like. Because just sort of on a thing, it was like, oh, I sort of made a joke about learning braille. Uh, she's like, oh, no. Well, it was actually a good suggestion. I reached out to a, a I guess what you were calling them before the break, right? <laughs> Teacher of the visually impaired. Um, someone in town uh, where I grew up. Or where I'm living now Woodstock. I guess it's good to know that there are, are teachers out there right now teaching Braille to students. Um, but she actually w- reached out to the, a school nearby and asked if they had anybody, and got someone there to Braille for it for me. So.
0: And that'd be a great, maybe a great guest eventually would be to get a, a Braille transcriber from Woodstock that is young, like a newer generation kind of.
1: I still didn't get a name of the person. Right.
0: I. I right. I'm just kind of thinking because we we always you know we're doing the show in our advocacy that. We kind of got into in our thirties that you know our mom and stuff way back in the day was doing a little bit of, but sometimes you do wonder kind of how things are today, especially around this area that we live in, and and uh, and stuff like that. So I do think that is really cool that they that she found someone nearby to, that could braille it for you, and like you say, it just you weren't weren't expecting it, and it is just such a nice little extra thing you can do to make things accessible for everyone and and uh, yeah,
1: just an extra touch. I was
0: like, wow, nice. Yeah, no, I thought that was really cool find out about. And I just wanted to tie that in briefly with something I just got. Another thing uh, from...
1: What did you get? From
0: an older brother. So I used to... So back in the day when I lived in Toronto and I used to collect... I used to collect ticket stubs from shows that I went to. These days, not so much. Well, I haven't really been to shows the past couple years. But even before then, I kind of got a bit older and I moved to London. There weren't as many shows here I was into. Plus, now you buy a lot of things with your phone, so you don't really have an actual ticket. But back in those days in the in the aughts and into the 2010s. I know you like that term, the aughts, right, Carrie? Yeah. <laughs> a new term that Carrie didn't know until this year.
1: Oh, like that dictionary having a new word every year.
0: Yeah. I
1: well, learned something.
0: I don't know if it's a new word from this year, but new to you. New to me. Um, so, yeah, back when I lived in Toronto, and so pretty much between, the, I think, the years of 2003 or 2004 up until about 2013, I collected around 80 ticket stubs. Actually, the first ones go back way back to 1999, Carrie, when we, we went to meet REM through the um, Wish Kids, one of those foundations. No, that was a
1: Sunshine
0: Foundation. A sunsh- See, I'm terrible. I cannot re- never remember the names of...
1: Because you were so young.
0: All these different ones, but yeah. Um, so anyway, I did have some from way back then in, in Washington, D.C., some stubs still, but quite a few. So anyway, I, I told our older brother, and he's, as we mentioned on the show, very artsy. Um and he also is into similar music and has also kept some ticket stubs himself. He's
1: he's looking for a project.
0: Yeah, he likes to work on things and now obviously, you know, having a, having a family and and just a nine to five job, you still want to make time to do those like creative kind of things on the side. And so he just jumped on this this idea. He's like, "Yeah, give me your ticket stubs and I'll scan them all in for you and I can." He just came up with this idea to make this big poster, and I still don't quite can't quite imagine how he did it, but. He pretty much scanned all of my ticket stubs into his computer, and then fit, like organized them so that they kind of fit together like a puzzle, just based on how they all looked, and then enlarged, like made it. It's pretty big.
1: And like, it's the kind of thing you could have made into a puzzle. It would have been a lot of figuring out, I, I guess. But it sounds like something somebody would make into a puzzle. Well,
0: that's kind of that's what he did on his computer.
1: Right, but he didn't give you an actual puzzle.
0: Well, no, he took a picture of it.
1: <laughs> it's just a giant board.
0: Um, and then. And then, yeah, printed it off on... Again, you'd have to get him to explain exactly how he did this. But on this poster-type paper, so it was thick enough where he could actually Braille through it with Slate and Stylus. And he has a couple. He used a couple at the same time to do this. Because you had to get different angles for things and, and in different areas to, to Braille in different spots of the board and move it around and all these things. But he did all of that and Braille everything. Like all... Um, all of this, all the, the band names and the dates and the venues. There's always other information on tickets, but, you know, other stuff. <laughs>
1: numbers, not. a bunch of numbers. Yeah, all
0: that other stuff wasn't that important. But the main stuff he brailed so that I can read it and attach to this poster to this board. So now it's, like, propped up against my wall in my apartment. And it's this huge display of all of these shows I went to. And it's just, it's just neat to have as a... As a piece of art in my, in my apartment and I can actually feel it or if any blind person comes to visit they can feel it but you can also look at it and it's just I don't know I just thought it was a really neat idea and and uh, I just want to say thanks to him for for doing that it's kind of like a Christmas early Christmas gift I guess
1: sorry, I'm sorry I'm still picturing a giant jigsaw puzzle
0: oh go on continue <laughs> you
1: okay. want me to cut it into puzzle pieces
0: uh, I don't know how much uh Oh, He'd like that after me. all the work he put in, and yeah, I wouldn't be too happy about it. You'd
1: both be mad at me. We don't want that.
0: Yeah, so that's uh, something exciting I uh, I recently acquired.
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of thing like looking back at the year, just trying to think of the big highlights. What other ones are sort of stood up for you?
0: Yeah, again, I would say that. Preparing that convention was quite stressful, but actually hosting it was definitely a highlight for me like we you volunteered us to be the hosts and and that was a good idea I think it kept me involved the whole time and it was it was pretty stressful but I was just so happy that it that all ran as smoothly as it did over zoom first time ever doing a big zoom event like that and we had around 70 people register so that was a big one um yeah I'm trying to think what else just for me honestly going back. Coming back to do my radio shows in the studio on October first, started doing my music show from the studio again was a huge highlight. And my music show overall for me this year was just I found like it grew a lot. I got more and more
1: yeah.
0: people reaching out. Um, I had I started that guest request set feature. That's what I
1: mean, it's a different vibe. It's different than what we do.
0: Yeah, nice. but I just thought in twenty twenty one I really. Compared even to last year, I would say for sure.
1: Well, even with Outlook, there's been people reaching out to us. Or there were people re- reaching out to you, finding you and hearing your music show.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And even with Outlook, I mean, last year we had 13 or we had 17 guests, but this year we had 39 different guests. So we almost had twice as many. And I think before the pandemic and Zoom, we just didn't do as many guests because we were doing the show all, always live in the studio pretty much and just hadn't really got the phone set up or Zoom or anything at that point. And then when Zoom hit at home, we started doing a bit more, but we weren't quite as frequent. But this year, we really stepped it up. And obviously, the 39 is because, I think for the first time this year, we had multiple guests on some of the episodes. I think maybe we did that once before. But, you know, some of the episodes, like, we had that, we touched on some difficult topics this year.
1: Yeah, that was definitely what we wanted to do when we started out the year.
0: Yeah, so, in September, we had a a panel of five we'd people.
1: We've never had that many people at once. Right. So that's, that's five
0: of the 39 different guests. Right. Um, but we had this panel on sexual misconduct in the blindness community. And it's really tough stuff, but it was something we really need to talk about more. And Carrie, there's actually somebody else that has reached out to us that we will likely have on sometime in the new year to to give their perspective on all this as well. Because it's one of those things that... And again, here at Western, there was some stuff in September Right after right when school started, about that, and I haven't really heard about that since. So it's one of those things that it's it gets There's talked about s- and stuff it,
1: in the Canadian Army. It's just
0: right talking yeah, about it more. It's big in the news now. So
1: that was a lot of things this year.
0: It was a it was a tricky tricky discussion. It's just tough to talk, talk about that terrible kind of stuff, but it's something we really do need to talk about more. So that was a that was an interesting episode that we did and hard one, but important to do.
1: Yeah. And I really promoted a book this year, Their Plant Eyes A Personal and Cultural History of Blindness by M. Leona Godin. And look that up if you're interested in the senses, from, I guess, ocular centric is the word she uses in her book. Um, so this year we had her on the show. Um, I got a, an interview in a print literary journal. The Rumpus. Her, the Rumpus. So I was working on that. I was kind of fanatically working on yeah, that if you search back, for the, in, back if, in the summer.
0: If you search for the Rumpus, Carrie Kajewski, you'll find it. Uh, it's, it's online there. But I think we...
1: Well, for the second half of this year, since I got a copy of the book and read, it's like a manual for all this dis- discussion on why everything's so s- ocular-centric focused. But uh, yeah, I, I talked about the book quite a lot and the author... The yeah, second half of this year, but it was just a great book to finally have out there.
0: Yeah, and and uh, as far as that book is concerned in, in the Rumpus article, that actually ties into our next couple shows, which are going to be pre-recorded, but they're going to be new episodes the next couple of weeks, so definitely tune in if you can uh, the next two Mondays to Outlook, because when Carrie prepared this Rumpus article, she did a, a personal interview with, with Leona, the author of Their Plant Eyes, over Zoom, and it was just such a great, detailed interview, and you asked her so many important yeah had all my
1: questions lined up for the to, to, for this print thing I was trying to put together, and so just that discussion we've just had it sort of in the back on the back burner since then, and uh, thought we throw it on at the end of the year. Uh, if it's sort of like a audio version of the interview that eventually came out.
0: Yeah, Online. so it's, it's pretty much what was in that Rumpus article, but the full form interview that happened before. So that's yeah. it. It was a it was a nice long chat you two had, and I helped kind of record. So I was just sitting in the background, but it's a it's a couple hours. So we're going to divide it into two parts, and so you can learn more about the book if you didn't catch any of the episodes earlier this year that we that we spoke about it. You can uh, learn more about that on the next couple of episodes. And Leona's is just such an interesting interesting lady, and really really interesting to listen to. So highly recommend you check that one out.
1: Yeah, we had a few discussions this year.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. A lot of other things kind of came up. We had talked a little bit more about deaf blindness this year, which is which is great. We had uh, for Deaf Blind Awareness Month, we had Penny Leclaire, and that was just a really interesting episode, I thought.
1: Well, to hear about the world of interpreters is the kind of thing that you and I don't need.
0: Right, it's not something we need, but it's. Something that you just, again, like we talk about with blindness, you don't think about these things if you don't need them, and it's one of those things for us, we want, we would love to have more transcripts of our shows, because it's unfortunate that, you know, Penny does have a, does have um, an implant, and is able to hear.
1: Cochlear implant, yeah.
0: I was going to say the word, but I didn't want to mess it up on the air. (laughs) Um, So she can hear a little bit, but even still, if there's a lot of voices, or, you know, certain circumstances, she can as well, so... Um, but it was just really interesting to have her on to get her perspective. And then, Carrie, we also met someone new this year. I just wanted to quickly mention because it's interesting to connect with new people. This Justin, who uh, you met through this Peterborough podcast network thing. And he has his own podcast called Disenabled. Um, and he's from Peterborough, Ontario. So that was just an interesting connection we met, just joining this random Zoom event. And... Uh, yeah, so that was a fun connection, and I also reconnected with uh, somebody made, named Laura Bain, who we'll have on our show again in future. She actually, I knew 20 years ago, we got a guide dog together back in 2001. Um, so it was really interesting to, to connect with her again this year. And uh, yeah,
1: She's gone back for her master's, I think, in social work, but we'll see Um we can reconnect in 2022.
0: Yeah, so we'd love to get an update on that and how that's going for her. Um, and then, yeah, I guess... That's about it. We did have, obviously, some other guests. Sorry if we didn't mention everyone, but there was a lot this year. So definitely go back to our podcast feed, Outlook on Radio Western.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Search for an all Just podcast. Sticking with
1: music today, is I guess, is our theme. Trying to continue from Friday. Yeah, so... Don't want to let it go.
0: Right, so a couple other quick ones. So the indigenous you know, issues that we want to talk about more and more on this show, it was really great to have Neil Belanger on a couple of weeks back, to talk about the British Columbia Aboriginal Network on Disability Society, just again, one of those subjects that we we really want to talk about more on this show. Yeah,
1: is, and it's good to know those are, pro- those are programs that are out there for people who need them because you don't again, if you didn't need them you won't know.
0: Absolutely. and we'd love to have more indigenous people on this show and in particular anyone who's indigenous and also has other disabilities would be great so you can always reach out Outlook on radio Western at. Gmail dot com.
1: With Christmas coming coming up, I'm just I'm done for the year. I'm tired. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I thought we should end with music also because we had a guest on a few weeks back now, and Heather Hutchison, Heather dash dot com is her website. So she's a great singer, and uh, she wrote a memoir recently that we spoke with her about. And we like we didn't even feature one of her songs. That's, what's wrong with us? Kind of. We have to do that before the end of the year. So.
0: Right. No, I thought that was a great idea, Carrie, to to play it today. And yeah, we were just, I was so interested in her book and that was another topic, uh, mental health, something that we really believe strongly in on this show that something that needs to be talked about more and something we want to get more guests on to talk about. So I think I was just so focused on her book, Holding On By Letting Go, her memoir. Yeah, I was too. Um,
1: it, was, it was an interesting book.
0: yeah. Just after reading Leona's book, which was also which was also amazing, but just sort of in a different way, yep. quite a different style, this was a nice a nice read as well. And we have actually a couple other books that have been sent to us for, for guests coming up next year that want to be on the show, and we're going to read their books as well. So just keep getting more. So please reach out if you have any. And it was just a really great discussion about...
1: Yeah, I always like book suggestions.
0: Indeed, me too. So keep them coming. And yeah, just a really great discussion about mental health and... How that, was a, how that was affected during the pandemic and uh, spending time in a, a psych ward and highly recommend you read that book along yeah, with Leona's.
1: Leona's is a part of it but it's not the main part always. It's it's there.
0: For sure. So yep, Holding On by Letting Go by Heather Hutchison. As Carrie said, you can find on her website. But then heather I heard... D- heather com.
1: Yeah, the dash is right in there. <laughs> but that takes you all her social media and everything.
0: Right, and the links to her music which is... All, on all streaming services but you can also purchase if you want at heatherhutchison.bandcamp.com. it's
1: good to promote them but yeah so when i heard the album <laughs> where the ocean meets the sand i was like well now i'm now i'm in so i wanted to listen to it and there's a great song that's got a great mood i think just to end the show for 2021
0: yeah for sure and these are these are tough times but we it is good to try to music can help focus on the positives the most the best you can and the song Reason to Stay was the first single actually released from this this release Where the Ocean Meets the Sand back in 2015. The yeah, first it's been single. A
1: while. They're working on new stuff.
0: Yeah. And the first single that it was the first single and it received frequent radio play across Canada, and we'll give you some more of that today. And the US was also a regional finalist in CBC's Searchlight and was awarded Pop Recording of the Year at the 2016 Vancouver Island Music Awards. So Lots of recognition, which is great for Heather Hutchison. And I think we're going to leave you with the track.
1: Wrapping up. Wrapping it up.
0: Reason to stay. So, yeah, I don't care. Unless you have anything else, I think it's a pretty successful year for Outlook. And,
1: uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what 2022 brings.
0: Yeah, so everybody.
1: Stay safe, everyone.
0: Stay safe out there. Get your boosters when you can. Wear a mask. Take all the precautions you can and just try and do your best. That's all we can do, right? So Yeah. Okay, check back next week at eleven AM on Monday for our two-part Leona Godan interview, courtesy of Carrie, and uh
1: See you next year.
0: We'll see you in 2022. Send us an email, Outlook on radio Western at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.